Welcome to the Living Spiritfully Podcast, Heart to Heart Edition. Here's your host for today, Paul Galoro. Hello, lovers. It is great to be with you today. Oh my gosh, the level of excitement that's bubbling up inside me is off the charts. We're back with another season of the Living Spiritfully Podcast, and I'm especially excited to be back with the Heart to Heart Edition. I hope you're enjoying the new season and the new format. Uh, Please do me a favor. In the show's notes, there's a link to leave us a voice message. Click it, record your message, and send it in. It would be amazing to hear from you. We have a wonderful show for you today, my conversation with Crystal Eves. But before we get into it, there are a few updates that I'd like to share with you. Now, first and foremost, the Living Spiritfully Collective has a new home on the interwebs. It's an exclusive community separate from social media where you can be part of the conversations we're having here on the Living Spiritfully podcast. All you have to do is go to livingspiritfully.com and click the Living Spiritfully Collective under memberships, follow the prompts, and boom, you're in. It's free. And within seconds, you'll be connected to a community of heart-centered humans who are living spirit fully. Check the show's notes also for that link if you didn't catch it. Now, this month, the members of Arise, our mindset and movement program, are in the middle of what we're calling High Vibe October. We've all committed to eliminating habits that are draining our energy in exchange for things that raise our vibration. Now, Each of us are, we're all doing our own uh, separate thing. Some of us have uh, said we're going to cut out sugar in place of whole foods. Um, Others are, you know, uh, doing little practices that helps them remember to take their vitamins um, regularly. Uh, One uh, woman is even, uh, has, has committed to no longer charging her mobile phone in her bedroom. And I love that. Um, that's something that I've been doing for years, um, and it's a great way to to create space between our devices so that we can have more restful sleep. So um, again, these are just some of the things that, that everyone's doing. Uh, personally, this experience has been eye-opening for me, not just of you know what raises my vibration and what 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 drains my energy, but how I care for myself. And it's given me pause to look at the things that I normally do to recharge and see if they actually do recharge me. And you know what? It turns out binge watching Ugly Betty on Disney Plus is not the way to do it. But you know, I knew that. And now High Vibe October is a beautiful reminder. Now, tomorrow, we're, uh, the Arise community is gathering for our monthly community gathering. So I'll let you know more about everybody's experience then. And maybe somebody uh, from the collective will uh, join in on a podcast episode and tell us their experience of High Vibe October. But speaking of Arise, registration for November 1st is now open. And for a limited time, you can experience three months of Arise for only $2.99. And this includes our weekday 30-minute practices um, that are available to you both in real time or on demand. So you don't you can be present with the collective that shows up uh, for the recording, or you can check it out on demand when it is more convenient for you and fits into your schedule. On top of the 
weekday 30-minute practices, you're also going to receive the Arise 7-Day Introductory Program. So it's seven days that, will de- that are designed to get you ready to successfully incorporate this practice into your daily life. Because it's when we do these practices daily do we see the benefits that we get out of them. Why do why why should we stop, sit, and breathe for you know a few 30 minutes a day? Why should we move our body first thing in the morning or after we wake up or when it works for us in our day? Um, so that seven-day program will get you set up for success. And then it also includes the Living Spiritfully, Higher Self Journaling Technique, and the two community gatherings that happen each month, and so much more. The regular price for this is $349, uh, but if you use code ARISE23, you'll get $50 off for a total of $299 for three months. All of this stuff is in the show's notes, so uh, check that out. Click the links where you uh, can get more information. Honestly, if you're curious about this program, this is the time to check it out. And as a bonus, if you register before November 1st, you'll have access to the weekday practices straight away. And then the other features will kick in on November 1st. So check the show's notes to register. But let's talk about today's guest. Honestly, I am still unpacking this conversation. Now, Crystal and I recorded it a couple of weeks ago, and it kind of acted as a a forerunner for the program that Crystal and I are working on together. She'll tell you more about it in our chat. But uh, there's just so much that, uh, that, that came up in that conversation. If, you, if you're curious about astrology, you're going to love the way Crystal easily explains what is actually happening and what, what, what it's all about. Spoiler alert, though, it is actually more complicated and way more connected to everything than we think. If you're not curious about astrology, or maybe you're a skeptic, Crystal does explain astrology in practical ways that, that'll give you a deeper understanding into what's actually going on with astrology. Is it going to convert you into a believer? I don't know. You'll have to tell me. But she does share, share astrology in a way that busts any of the inaccurate preconceived notions that we may have about astrology but overall, it just makes it so much more accessible. Honestly, I could go on forever, but I'll save that for another time. Please enjoy my heart to heart with Crystal Ease. Before we get into our next guest, I want to tell you just a little bit of how we met. Now, fun fact, we actually haven't met IRL in real life. We met at a virtual event and Funnily enough, I was early and then I was just looking at everybody that was present and I see this like gorgeous woman. She's got a sign behind her that says the astrology show and I'm like, okay, I need to talk to this person. So I sent her a message and it was love ever since. I've had four astrological readings with her. She's part of my well-being crew. You know, I've got my doctor, my naturopath, my osteopath and my astrologer. Her name is Crystal Eves, and she's a Canadian astrologer whose lifelong focus is natal astrology. She discovered astrology at the age of 11, and the question became, how could someone not totally love this topic? And I was pretty young when I was reading the horoscopes in the Toronto Sun before I would 
skip over to the Sunshine Boy for anyone in Toronto who knows that that newspaper. Um, so I totally get that obsession with it at a young age. But I digress. To Crystal, astrology was mystical, analytical, psychological, and seemed to provide answers to important questions. She was a student of astrology for a decade before offering her services professionally, which began in March of 1989, and it quickly grew into an international practice that she's maintained ever since. But she's not always looking up at the stars. She's also grounded in reality. She has a bachelor's of science from the University of Toronto and a master's in cultural astronomy from the University of Wales. And we definitely will talk about that because I'm curious to know about that. She's a member of the Canadian Positive Psychology Association and maintains an active interest in chronobiology, psycholinguistics, deep psychology, and neuroscience. But without further ado, I'd like to welcome to the show Crystal Eves. Crystal, how are you? I'm doing really well. I, I, I after that introduction, I, I feel I feel even better. <laughs> I was having a good day, but now I feel especially shiny. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Well, I am just so thrilled that you're here. I love you so much. As I said um, just before I introduced you, we've had four readings together, so we've been in each other's lives for like two years. Because um, I do my reading on my half birthday and my full birthday. And I just, my experience of you, just as a human being, you are like, I don't know, I just feel at ease when I'm with you. And then also the way you approach astrology is unlike any other astrologer that I've ever listened to or followed before. Um, and it, it's just, it's just amazing. I mean, we could, uh, I could gush about you for hours and forever. So I'm just really glad that you're here and so thankful you're on the show. I'm really glad to be here and glad to be, you know, collaborating with you uh, in any way possible, because, you know, as you mentioned, we, we sort of found each other randomly uh, in a virtual space. And th yeah, there was really a connection, wasn't yeah. there? Like, yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I I felt it too. It was sort of like, wow, okay, here's a kindred spirit. Yeah. And and we only live about 30 minutes away from each other. So I'm <laughs> and we haven't done the in-person thing yet. So we gotta make that happen. Yeah, yeah. For All sure. right. So before we get into it, I am very curious to know what is cultural astronomy? Uh yeah. Um cultural astronomy is a study of how cultures have interacted with the sky. So it is an intersection of history and um, anthropology, and it's that particular degree that you were mentioning there um, is one that comes out of the University of Wales. It's 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 a niche degree. It's it's very specialized, and it looks to understand the context of how how astrology has played out throughout history because. Um, it has been a study, astrology has, for thousands of years, 3,000 years, three, three and a half thousand years. And so it has woven its way through all of human culture, and it has a role to play throughout history. The, the reason why it hasn't been focused upon in the past is because astrology came up with astronomy, and then they branched off. One became more scientific and the other became more superstitious. And the the science focus of astronomy really overtook the um, mystical focus of astrology. And so people started divorcing that from academics altogether. But now this, this particular program tries to 
understand, like, let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. We can understand in historical context what people were doing if we understand what their view of the sky was, because th th that was informing some of their military decisions, their decisions of their kings, the, the way they situated their, their cities, like um, Baghdad, for example, as a city. Uh, was established on uh, at an astrologically uh, auspicious time and in a particular way. A lot of churches are oriented so that you know the sun will hit at certain times that are that are important. Um, Stonehenge and other sort of uh, archaeoastronomy stuff is is related to sky features. And so this is what that's what cultural astronomy is. It really looks at that. That is so fascinating. I feel like that's got to be a show topic all on its own. Um, but it um, that also makes sense because I remember when I was at the Vatican and certain um, churches in Italy, there was like, I remember seeing the zodiac circle on the ground. And I, I mean, growing up Catholic, I was always told that astrology was evil. And so to see that there was just really fascinating. And now to hear you talk about how it was so important in history is like, yeah. Wow. Yes. And, you know, one of the reasons uh, why religion has, uh, particularly Christianity, has a difficulty with astrology is because it's this idea of fate. Mm. You know, is uh, it, are things faded? Are they not faded? Are you free to choose? Um, if if you, things are faded, then you're not free to choose goodness and right. and 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 you're not free to choose. And so therefore, uh, it, it's it's not really compatible with the spirit of a Christian attitude. Fascinating, yeah. fascinating. Now let's talk about astrology. I did a quick Google just to get the definition of astrology. And I found this, I don't necessarily love this definition, but I'm gonna just share it. It says, what is astrology in simple words? Astrology is a method of predicting mundane events based on the assumption that the celestial bodies, particularly the planets and the stars considered in their arbitrary combinations or configurations called constellations, in some way either determine or indicate changes in the sublunar world. Now, am I like, am I just like reading too much into that? I, but I guess the real question is, how would you describe astrology? Ah, well, um, astrology is very vast, right? So um, what you just read um, would be accurate in a particular application of, okay. of astrology, but the, mo the most wide and probably the best description of astrology comes from Patrick Curry as an academic out of the UK. And he, uh, I'm going to paraphrase him. Uh, he says something along the lines of, it is the tradition of looking to the sky and relating the events of the sky to events on earth and the tradition that has thus been generated. Mm. So, so what he, what he's meaning to say is that it's, it's very wide in comparison to say uh, Western astrology, which would uh, cast a horoscope and look at it in a particular way, as opposed to Chinese astrology, which would uh, go, goes on a different system. And there would be, uh, you know, there was, there's just a huge um, swath of different types of astrology. So the widest definition is that it's about <clears throat> looking to the sky and relating it to earth. Mm. Doesn't have to be about prediction, can be about negotiation, you know, um, in um, it can be about pattern recognition, 
you know, uh, in the earliest days, Mesopotamian times, uh, there it was all about uh, reading omens in the sky and then potentially negotiating with those omens. Mm, <laughs> you wow. know, so I mean, it's very primitive in yeah. in, its, in its experience. Um, these days, the the range of astrological approaches is really, really, really wide. Like, so for example. Most people don't don't really are aren't aware of how many branches of astrology there are. So there is judicial astrology, which would judge the character of a horoscope. There's mundane astrology, which looks at the countries. There is horary astrology, which is a divination technique where you would ask the chart a question. There's mm. electional astrology where you would try to time something auspiciously. There's medical astrology. Uh, there is uh, astral cartography, which would help a person determine where on the earth might be the best for them to live, you know? So, wow. so there's just so many. And then within each of those branches of astrology, there are other facets within those branches. So I'm a judicial astrologer, but I focus on natal astrology. I do it in a Western tradition, tradition as opposed to um, uh, a Vedic tradition. I use um, contemporary methods and I use a Placidus system. Mm. All of those things that I just named could be different for other astrologers. So there's a huge range. Of Fascinating. What are doing. Mm -hmm. So yeah. could that be why a lot of people are not fully aware of what astrology is because it's just, like you said, so vast? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no one way to pin it down because you might pin it down in the way that one person is using it, but it might not be the same for how another person is is using it. So um, I, I really personally, I, I think astrology is uh, a way of understanding ourselves within a larger context because we're individuals, we're on the earth, which is part of a solar system. <clears throat> which is part of a universe. So I, so I think astrology is a way of relating ourselves to that to mm. say, Oh, I'm here, but I'm also part of something larger. Right. So, so if I'm part of something larger, then maybe also I have, maybe I'm informed by something larger. Maybe I'm not alone here. Maybe there, maybe there's a rhyme or reason to me <laughs> and my life, you know? So it, so I, I find that, that's probably one of the better ways to, I guess, envision what astrology is, at least from my perspective. Okay. We just need to pause because my mind is blown right now, just with everything that you shared. And uh, as you were speaking, something that I, something that I've read many times about astrology popped into my head as above, so below. Mm. And, and that's basically what you described. And then to, to where you said like, you know, we're part of this larger thing and how do I fit into all of that? It's just, whoa, yeah. you know? So the, the idea of as above, so below, um, I believe that comes from the Emerald Tablet. Um, Hermes Trismegistus is the, I believe the attributed author of, of this. I could, I could be wrong about that. Um, he, he was, I think, an invented character with um, the name of many authors all sort of rolled into one. But um, but basically it was uh, it's it's Hermes, the three times great Hermes Tris Magistus, you know, so it's uh, like, yeah. the, you know, three times majesty sort of. You right. know, but, but anyway, um, uh, and I believe that 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 phrase came from the Emerald Tablet. Uh, but mm -hmm. 
um, what it's speaking of is a principle they call sympathies that was very common understanding back in classical times. And uh, sympathies being that things that are um, here could be very much like things that are there. Uh, mm. If there's something that in common that they would share. So, uh, so it has this idea of, you know, you know, um, quantum mechanic theory, quantum theory, mm -hmm. it has, you know, entanglement is very similar to sympathies that right. they were calling in classical times. Wow. Okay. That's super fascinating. Now, there's a lot of, um, a lot of people think that astrology is predictive. But lately, and listen, I used to subscribe to that. I used to subscribe to the whole idea that, oh my gosh, these planets are making me do things. I used to blame everything on Mercury being in retrograde, et cetera. But now I, I look at it more as a reflective opportunity. Um, can Does that mean anything? Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, astrology has a predictive quality. So someone thinking that is not incorrect, right? Because... Um, because there are cycles that astrologers would read that would say, okay, like this is the time you're coming into and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. um, but is it fated? That's a completely different, that's a completely different question. Are you bound by this? So many yeah. astrologers like to think of astrology as um, almost like a weather forecast. Mm. That's how I like to think of it. Yeah, it's how I describe it to people, um, like a weather forecast. So if you're coming into a cold, wintry time, weather-wise, uh, there are certain things that are more compatible with that time than others. You know, it's a good time for uh, cozying up by a fire, reading a good book. It's not a good time to go to the beach and wear a bikini. Uh, you know, so it's right. so so the the predictive quality then is kind of common sense within the context of the time. And what's really interesting, I think, about astrology is that a lot of the rhythms that like astrology looks at cycles continually, cycles, cycles, cycles. And a lot of the cycles that occur not in nature um, also occur in the human experience. Mm. So so there can we can read a cycle. So let's take the Saturn cycle, for example. So Saturn's on approximately 29 year cycle. A, about every seven years or so, it turns an angle in astrology, which means it, it sort of hits a 90 degrees and it's basically into a different experience. Um, that cycle really mimics the, the growth of the, the human body. So, so for example, you have at birth, you're born. Uh, at the first quarter of the Saturn cycle, you know, your teeth fall out, mm -hmm. you, you know, you're, you're entering into like the world a little bit more, you're growing your adult teeth, you're six, six ish, you know, a six and a half or something. As it when we hit the next Saturn cycle, puberty, we hit the next Saturn cycle, full adult, we, you know, we hit the, oh, it, yeah. it's so, so, so now is Saturn causing this? Well, maybe it's just a correlation, but we can still read it. We can right. still say like, hey, you're in your second Saturn, you know, your Saturn opposition, which is the second sort of turn of Saturn. Um, you know, you, maybe you're going to start grow hair in places you didn't know you were going to grow hair before. <laughs> and did this, did the planet cause that? No. But can we predict that? Yes. Uh, okay. Right. I so there's, it. yeah. So it's, it's core, astrology is correlational. We, mm -hmm. we can, we can get a sense of the time that a person is in. But we don't know what they're going to do in that time. Uh, we don't know what uh, someone is going to, um, how they're going to engage with that period. You know, so for example, um, 
a, a lot of kids uh, when when they go through puberty, for example, uh, will have a certain kind of happy experience and some will have maybe a more difficult experience. And we, we can't say how they're going to engage with it. We just know that this is the time frame. This is probably how long it's going to last. Mm, okay. And it just strangely mimics the Saturn cycle, just like the moon cycle mimics the female reproductive system. Right. Just like uh, just like the Uranian cycle mimics the uh, a break free cycle that 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 humans have. So, uh, for example, the Uranian cycle is 84 years Uh first turn of the Uranian cycle at 21, basically left our parents' house, <laughs> you know, doing our own thing. We're free in the world. 42, we'll probably have a midlife crisis. <laughs> 63, we're, we're looking to get uh, out of the workforce. We're trying to, we're planning our escape, you know, so yes. it's like it kind of, it, all the cycles um, have been watched and people have been able to relate them to what happens with humans during these times. And, and so we can guide people, the astrologers can, if they choose, point out that these cycles are coming and then people can say, oh, like, all right, I'm going to be feeling, you know, restless perhaps during this mm. time. Mm -hmm. Is it because the planet Uranus is opposing? Probably not, but is it going to happen? Probably yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Wow. Your age. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm going to need like a day to process this conversation because you're like rocking my world and blowing my mind right now with the, 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 the Saturn seven year cycle. It also made, when you said that, it made me think of how they say every seven years we have a new, new skeleton, right? Yes. Yes. Um, new skin too. Right. Um, yeah. and, um, Saturn in astrology, therefore, uh, or maybe coincidentally, uh, but uh, Saturn governs skin, teeth, and uh, bones. There we go. Wow. <laughs> right? So, um, so either the people who were sort of devising the system back in the day were wise enough to see this correlation, um, you know, or it just coincidentally works out in this way. But, but um, yeah, this is there's a lot of really interesting correspondences yeah. that astrology has the system is elegant it's 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 been refined over years and years and years and years and like millennia right oh and and it and also again i just keep coming back to this it makes sense why it's so misunderstood because yeah. it's so it's beyond just reading your horoscope in the newspaper before you look at the sunshine boy yeah yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. okay although right. both are good <laughs> right both. <laughs> I, I probably did both myself yeah <laughs> oh my gosh all right so you mentioned planets you know saturn uranus etc let's talk about you know the the age-old pickup line what's your sign what do what do let, let's talk about the zodiac signs because i heard you say a lot about planets where do the signs fit in okay so this is uh this is interesting uh so originally the signs were uh, related to the constellations. So, so when the sun, you know, was in a particular area of the sky behind it, that constellation was whatever the sign that the, uh, the that the sun was in. Um, but then they discovered that there's like, you know, a wobble in the earth's axes and ever so slowly, there's a drift that that happens so that the, the sign and the constellation are, are out of whack, right? They're they're mm. out of whack. So this gave rise to what we call tropical astrology, which is based on the seasons. 
not based on the constellations. Constellational astrology still exists. People still use it. The Vedic system use it. And some Western astrologers will use a sidereal, they call it sidereal astrology, um, and meaning the stars, you know. And, um, but um, most astrologers will use, uh, most Western astrologers, contemporary Western astrologers will use the tropical system, which is the zodiac tied to the seasons. So mm. on the equinox, the spring uh, equinox is the beginning of Aries. Right. The solstice, the summer solstice is the beginning of, of Cancer. The autumnal uh, equinox is Libra. And the, um, and the winter solstice is, is Capricorn. So we just tie it to the seasons. And, and what you'll find is that the, it, and that's how it was in the beginning. It was tied to the seasons, but the constellations were behind it also. Mm -hmm. So as the constellations drifted, as we drifted or they drifted, uh, and it became askew, we just stuck with the seasonal uh, zodiac. So, uh, so the zodiac follows the seasons. Aries being the first, the beginning, like spring is the beginning. Mm -hmm. Every every sign that's on the equinox or solstice is considered to be a starting sign because okay. it starts a new starts a new season. Right. Uh, and every sign that's in the middle that comes next is considered to be a stable sign because that's the stable part of the season when the weather is predictable. Right. Uh, every sign that comes after that, the third in the grouping, because there's three per season, is um, adaptable. Swing season, so, right? Mm. So it's like a little bit mm. like this, a little bit like that. And so you'll see that the traits associated with each of those signs um, are more flexible and adaptable. So the so each sign, you know, you said it has the... Um, I, if, I know from just doing some reading, I think it's like cardinal, mutable, and fixed, what's fixed right? Um, cardinal, fixed, mutable. Yes. Yeah. Um, so how, when, when somebody says, oh, I can't stand Scorpios, or I, you know, ugh, don't talk to a Gemini, or oh my God, Leos are the best, which I may have subscribed to having my son be in Leo at the time of my birth. Um, <laughs> what's going on where where did these like qualities come from yeah well they're born out of this seasonal zodiac uh so so the zodiac is is made up of various um it's got the the cardinal fixed mutable classification mm -hmm. and then it's got um an elemental uh classification fire earth air and water so the which were the known sort of you know i'm putting air quotes around this elements you know, in during the classical period, the other one was quintessence, <laughs> oh. which which is the stuff of the stars. It's the stuff of the ether. You know that is surrounding everything. So when you say something is quintessential, it's the fifth, the fifth element, quint. You know, ah, and yeah. then um, uh, it is the the stuff of the it can't can't be broken down because it's the elemental stuff of the universe. Um, so this is their that was their understanding, and they had this grouping based on uh, how they assumed things would go um, mm -hmm. and each sign is a unique signature of either like a combination of fire earth air water and cardinal fixed mutable there's no there's no repetition in this system so leo's fire fixed scorpio's uh fixed water so it's it sort of just uh, each one has its own and then it's the combination of both that actually create the the system but the but the personality traits 
really are connected to a lot of the seasonal pieces and what back in the original uh, day they considered to be the ruling planets for mm. those for those uh, signs. Okay. All right. That's really fascinating. Now, um, I've I think we've talked about this and then also I've heard in other places and I've read that one, one of uh, the ways that we look at um, the signs is not so much like, oh, you're, you're a Leo, therefore dot, 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 but understanding that all 12 of those qualities, those archetypes, if you will, are within each of us. And some of us are just easier to, it's easier for us to access those than others. Yeah. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Like you could, you can look at the Zodiac as um, 12 archetypes and you're, you're going to have uh, some uh, amount of each within your own personality, just like, you know, the scale of introversion, extroversion, you're going to be somewhere on that scale. Mm -hmm. You're going to be somewhere on uh, each of these scales of enthusiasm compared to like being you know, more reserved, you know, and, and so on. So, uh, so all of these various combinations are actually captured within the, the entirety of the Zodiac. And so any way of being can be described there. And each person has some connection to every sign. When a person says, I can't stand this sign or that sign, what they mean is, I either have a deficit of that in my own life, or I have an objection to that because I've been taught that that's wrong. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, so there's like, if you're having a response to a sign, let's say you go like, Oh, uh, I would, I have a problem with Leo's. Um, well, maybe uh, you just have a problem shining in your own life. Mm. Right. So, mm -hmm. so when you see someone who just naturally exudes, uh, a sense of like self and uh, a presence, you might feel threatened by that because you maybe can't do it yourself. And right. so you might think, oh, that's wrong. Or I've yeah. been taught that that's wrong. So there's something to learn about these engagements that people have between, you know, their, their reactions that they have to, yeah. to the various signs. Yeah. I, it's, it's, I'm just, I mean, the way you're describing everything is so similar to a lot of the things that we talk about in psychology or a lot of the things that, you know, we've, we've heard in this spiritual world. Um, what I'm gathering right now, astrology is just a, another way of looking at things that we're already looking at. Yeah. Astrology was the original psychology. Ah, uh, you said it. <laughs> right? <laughs> it, 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 astrology is to psychology what, uh, what it is, astrology, the field is to astronomy. Like it's, there's a, there's a seed, there's a seed there mm -hmm. that would say, you know, there's an inherent need for human beings to understand their experience and to break it down and synthesize it and, and to analyze it and to just digest it. Uh, astrology is a function of, you know, part of astrology is a function of that need. And, and within it, we have the capacity to describe all human types, which then later on, um, you know, goes on to more technical terms and more scientifically experimented methods. But uh, it really does amount to 
the same thing <laughs> in, in many, many ways. I mean, yeah. Carl Jung uh, had said in a letter to Freud at one time that, you know, there's really, and again, I'm, I'm just paraphrasing, but there's really some powerful psychological information in astrology. Mm. We should be looking at this, mm -hmm. you know, and he, of course, dabbled in astrology himself. Carl right. Jung. Wow. Oh my goodness. Okay. So not only as my mind being blown, but now I even more want to study astrology deeper um, just for like, the, it's fascinating to me. Um, now I, 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 I'm curious to know, okay, there's two things that I want to know. And so we'll start with this. How do you use astrology in your personal life? Like I'm imagining that you wake up and you have some sort of like telescope that you look in the sky and it tells you where everything is kind of like the weather channel. And then you like go on with your life. But, but tell me, how do you personally use astrology? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm a little bit like, you know, I think that that truism that says, you know, the uh, mechanic's car never runs and the carpenter's <laughs> house is never done. That, that probably holds for a lot of professions, including mine. So yeah. um, the thing about astrology is that it's a really excellent tool for understanding things, uh, but you can, you cannot really accurately apply it to yourself hmm. or to people that you love ah, okay. <laughs> or that you not that you love but that that are in your sphere that you that have roles that they play in your life because you filter your understanding of them through your own eyes and not through that chart so if i look at my own chart um i will see what i want to see Mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh. unfortunately for me uh, I'm not quite able to do for myself what I can do for other people right but um but what I do do as a, a sort of a consolation prize for myself is I look at my own astrology I, I will ch have a look and see oh what's what cycles am I coming into? I'll have a glance at that um, and then I will look at it after the fact to see Oh, how did that really show up? Because I wanted it to show up this way. So that's how I read it. <clears throat> and then how did it really show up? And what did I learn? Uh, and um, a, a way that I can really use astrology for me uh, is to, I can take a look at a cycle. So I'm coming into a cycle, let's say, and, uh, or I want to understand some part of my life. And then I can go and look at every time I've been in a cycle that relates to that part of my life. And I can see, oh, this date, that date, this date, that date, this date in the past. And then I can go, what did I do? Oh, I did. I started a new venture right there. What did I do the next time? Oh, I started a new venture. Oh, what did I do the other time? Oh, I started a new venture. So I can look at my own history and go, okay, so this piece of your chart is about beginning things. And, you know, did it work out those other times I, you know, started that venture? Because then I can learn something. What did I learn? What did I learn? So for me, I use it as a tool of exploration. Oh, um, I love that. Yeah. yeah. It, it, so it's so it's good for examining, you know, your own history, your own cycles, and so on. Right. Yeah. But I, I do know some astrologers who are very tied to like, okay, what, what sign is the moon in? What, you know, where are things right now? I'm not going to do something until this. I'm not going to do something until that. I, I am much more um, impulsive. So I'm going to just like move just for me. I'm going to just move in the moment and I'll check the astrology later. Mm. And it's always good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good. And, and so, cause I think like if, if anybody moves in the moment, you know, uh, this is why I don't do what they call electional astrology with people. Uh, electional astrology is setting the time for something to happen. 
So when should I have the wedding? When should I sign the contract? From my perspective, I don't care when you do that. Do, <laughs> do that whenever the spirit moves you, you know, yeah. whenever you feel compelled or, or pleased to do something and then see, see from that what, what mindset actually were you in? Because I, I don't think there really, we can bend the, t the weather to us. Right. right? <laughs> yeah. I don't think we can do that. If, if we are in a bad time to make a choice and we uh, if, insist on making a choice, then that's actually the time we're in. We're in a time where we insist on using our will to make a choice we shouldn't be making. And no amount of astrology you can apply to this will make that turn out better. <laughs> <laughs> got it okay uh that thank you for that because um it, it again it just it it gets more and more clear in my mind and i'm i'm, I'm hoping that our listeners are also uh getting a, a more clearer understanding of of astrology um i mean you've mentioned some some uh uh ways already but what are other practical ways that somebody could use astrology i like well, I ask because like, I'm always, I'm that person that's looking at the moon. It's like, oh, the moon's in Scorpio right now. So it's a uh, time to, or it's a full moon and we're in this sign. So yeah, beware. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, one, one could use astrology in this way in a quite a lovely fashion, right? One, one could say, I'm going to align myself with the rhythm of whatever's going on um, uh, in terms of the moon sign, uh, the new moons, the full moons and so on. And it can, what it does for somebody is it sort of links them into a natural rhythm that can be very healthy for their for their system to be a part of it, because this is a rhythm that our bodies are very accustomed to uh, but what i tell you what i like to do with astrology though like with with people which i can't really fully do with myself um i like to take an astrological chart and i like to draw it and now so i remember i was saying i i practice judicial natal astrology so that is i would assess uh, a natal a birth chart to see what what is what is here uh, what was the energy that the person was born into astrologically according to the astrological system and what i like to do is i like to use it as a lens for connecting to the person um it, using the system to sort of uh inform my comments about that but what, what I most like to do when I do that is I like to imagine the best I can possibly imagine for that energy in that position. Mm. And then I like to go into a place where I can hold that energy and see how amazing it is. And, and then uh, I will, from this space of holding this high energy for this person, I, I will connect to them and say, this is, this is maybe what's possible. This is perhaps what you're interested in. This is, this is maybe where you could go with this. And if the person is close to where I'm getting with that energy, they snap up to it. You know, right. they, they yeah. come up and they're like, oh, yes, because it will resonate with them because, uh, you know, it, it, it's close to where they are in their own understanding of, of their own experience. So that's one way I like to use astrology with people is to, is to really hold a very, very high intention for them based on what the chart would be saying would be possible. And then hopefully they can get there. Um, and the other way I like to use astrology is to, um, with people is to assess like, okay, well, what is, what is the season you're in right now? And, and I like to normalize what the experience is so that people don't feel freaked out because mm. imagine you are a little child and you are in a hearing thunder for the first time 
you're scared. And if somebody says, oh, no, that's thunder, that's thunder. It's okay. Mm -hmm. um, you know, count after you hear it, see the lightning, you'll know how far away it is, you know. And so we can engage with it and you can feel, you know, very comfortable with it. So what I like to do for people is if they're coming into sort of a, a foggy season where they're feeling uprooted or they're feeling somewhat lost, uh, I like to kind of confirm for them that's what the season is about. So don't worry if you're feeling this way. This is what happens. Mm -hmm. Settle. And so that the people can settle into back into their relaxed selves so that their energy isn't tensed against their environment, their time they're in, their circumstances, and they can settle into their relaxed state so they can make really good choices from this position of ease. Mm. Yeah. You just described yoga and meditation and like self-development and like it, this, this truly is, uh, for me, I see it as a beautiful tool to really live with intention. Yes, 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 yes. Because you can notice, you know, what am I going through? When have I gone through it before? How am I feeling about it? Can I normalize this in my own way? What can I reach for? Is this possible for me? Are my, you know, my my very favorite um, idol, I guess I would call her, uh, you know, hero, my astrological hero is Liz Green. So she is fr originally from San Francisco. She lives in, um, in the UK now. Uh, but she, it was a Jungian psychoanalyst and an astrologer. And, mm -hmm. and she said, and I thought this was just really perfect. Astrology gives you permission to be who you are. And I think, yes, yes, yes. yes. Because sometimes our upbringing dissuades us from being mm -hmm. who we are. And sometimes our society, um, it seems to be against who we are. And sometimes we're afraid of who we are <laughs> and, and astrology will go oh yeah this is probably who you are and if it matches with your understanding of this the secret self that you or the the, the piece that you hoped was true or the piece that you kind of knew but didn't admit then you go oh it's okay to be me it's right there yeah yeah it's right there <sighs> you're right there it's right there be yourself <laughs> you know so it's so it's really, uh, uh, I, I love that. I love her take on that. She, I don't think that she's ever said anything that I haven't liked. <laughs> <Blue screen. laughs> I mean, just hearing that, I mean, it rings true to my experience and especially my experience with you, like the way you described the, how you, how you do your session. That was exactly it, especially because, um, I'll never forget you had you had you had mentioned something at one point when I was going through something and you you just asked a, a question and I re remember reflecting on it forgot about it then I listened to the recording because what I do is I see you every six months but in between I listen to the recording again and I remember listening to the recording having forgotten about that and was just like ah oh, there it is and just it, it just completely relaxed me in that moment. And then I was able to get through what, I mean, it wasn't a, a, a stormy period, but there was a little bit of turbulence that I just, you know, you know, when you're on the subway and you're holding on to the bar, but if you sit down, the, 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 the train's still going, but you're not wobbling all over the place. It was like that. I just took a seat and I was able to relax as the train was going at full speed. You know what I mean? Yeah, if you have a sense of what to expect, I mean, um, there was a professor I had at the University of Toronto, and he said, he goes, listen, a disaster is just only something you're not prepared for. 
So <laughs> it's like, you know, like uh, Florida gets, this is his example. Florida gets uh, three feet of snow and it's an absolute disaster, but, but Ontario gets three feet of snow and they just bring out their snow blowers. Yeah. Like, so, so if you are mentally prepared for the time you're, you're in, then it's a lot easier to navigate mm. for sure. Then that's hopefully what I'm doing with people. I can remember um, in the beginning, like when I started doing this full-time, cause I, I started working with clients in 89, but I came full-time in 92. And um, I, I, I remember thinking, all right, I, I need an approach that is going to really help me sort of almost like a pregame. I need a pregame. <laughs> it's going to get me like in the right headspace. Yeah. And so I would sit with the chart and I would think, why is this person amazing? Why? Why? And then I'll answer this question to myself and I'm like, oh yeah, this is good. And wouldn't this be great? And isn't this fantastic? And I'm like, okay, that's what I have to remember to tell them, you know, about this, about themselves. Uh, Crystal, I am just like getting goosebumps. It just, I, I mean, there is so much that I am learning from you now. There's so much that I've learned from you already, just even through our sessions. And I feel like there's so much more um, to learn, not just about astrology, but about life. Like you're just, <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, I love you so, so much. Thank you. Um, I, I don't want this conversation to end, but I almost feel like, you know, we've, we've got to, we got to move on to to the, our next thing, but um, is there anything that you feel the need to share from your heart right now? I do have a few um, questions that I always like to ask all my guests, but before I do that, is there anything that you feel the need to share from your heart right now? No, I, I really feel I feel very complete, actually. Yeah, I I, I I do. Yes, yes. I love I, that. I, yeah, I do. I I really appreciate. I tell you, I really appreciate the space that you hold for this for this experience because it is a really um welcoming and celebratory space and it feels very leo to me oh. <laughs> <laughs> well thank you I'm, I'm honored that i can do that and honestly it's an honor to be here with you can i ask this question Are, am i allowed to ask a question yeah. uh, to this to the astrologer what where was the sun at the time of your birth oh scorpio <gasps> oh okay see this is yeah. where the connection my moon and my rising are scorpio as you know so okay and i and it totally makes sense too in my head with for your with your connection to um astrology and everything having your um sun in scorpio that is amazing well um, you know the funny story is uh <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a full disclosure on this one so when i was 11 and came across astrology i i First, I think I encountered it with Linda Goodman's Sun Signs, which was a really great book about it was a bestseller for sun sign descriptions. And that's what I encountered at 11. And I read the Scorpio a bit. And I was like, now I was a scrawny little underdeveloped little girl and <laughs> looked a lot like a little boy. And, <laughs> and, I, and I'm reading this and like, sexy woman, sexy, powerful woman. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. This stuff is so right. <laughs> so. <laughs> so it really uh it was very aspirational for me as well <laughs> i love that i love that that is amazing oh my gosh okay so my questions that i ask all of my guests what makes your heart sing okay um human striving 
So when, when I see a person who is afraid to do something, do it. I would, I can just melt on the spot. I, like it, it, it's almost like in that moment, the person, what melts away from them is their, all of their fear and all, all of their um, resistance. They're up against it. They're right up against it and they win. Mm. And to me, this is one of the most beautiful things I ever see. So I, so if I go to, and I used to go to a lot of um, marathons and just like cheer because there's a lot of people I, I know in my family who run races and stuff. So I would, I, I would stand and the, the cheering to see the people striving and doing it. I mean, I'm a mess. I'm a mess <laughs> because I'm like, yeah, that's right. Look what you're doing. Look what you're doing. And so this to me, this is, that does it for me. Oh my gosh. I, lo I love that. I can see you doing that. That is amazing. And just um, even the way you're like smiling and the way your body's moving as you talk about it, I can feel that. Yeah. That is, uh, that is well, so beautiful. One, one of the um, most beautiful things I ever saw in my life was also connected to a race like this. So um, I was running uh, five or 10 K or something in Toronto and, you know, running along. And then there are people who cheer along the side and this, this fella, he came out and he had uh, water for people. He was giving water and um, he looked very, very sickly. Like he looked like he, he, he looked so unwell that he, he looks like he could have just like jumped off his deathbed to come and, you know, give water to runners. And, um, but he was so happy to be there that he was glowing. He, he was glowing so much larger than his frailty. You know, he, he wow. was massive and his body was tiny and he, and he shined in such a massive way. And he was just full of love and you could, he was enthusiastic and cheering people. And as I walked by and saw him, it was like I, I was staring straight into the sun or something. It was, he was so bright and I just burst into tears like of joy. When I saw him as I was running by, it was, it was one of the most magnificent things I've ever seen in my oh life. Oh my actually. gosh. But he was like over, almost like he was overcoming his, uh, his limit, his physical limitations. And he was just his full spirit in that moment. Mm. You know, it's just, oh, it's gorgeous. It was, I'll never forget this man. I, I'll never forget him. Oh my yeah. gosh. The way you're describing it, it seems like it's still imprinted in your energy somewhere. Like yeah. Was, gorgeous that is gorgeous that's it was the most amazing. sickly person i've ever seen wow. <laughs> the most beautiful experience most beautiful person in the most frail body it was it was really it was incredible that that is so that is wow thank you for sharing that um what song is living in your head or what song has been living in your head recently is there anything that gets Okay, Mockingbird by uh, James Taylor and Carly Simon. Oh my gosh, amazing! <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was uh, I went to a concert on uh, last Friday night, and on the way on the drive down, it came on my iPod, and and I uh, I replayed it. 
and I replayed it and I replayed it and I've been singing it ever since. And I called my girlfriend up and she's a singer. And I said, listen, if we have to do this duet just for the two of us, just for fun. I said, I'll be James Taylor because I have a deep, <laughs> deeper voice than she does. <laughs> so, <laughs> I would and, like um, to be present for that. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it, I don't know how many people we will uh, let see, but maybe there'll be one of these moments of human striving, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because I do not um, claim to be a singer, <laughs> but I just really thought, oh, it would be fun to, that's a really lively song. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, what I love about our, um, our sessions, you always have a, a list of songs that have popped into your mind or onto your iPod when, when, um, when you're, you know, doing your thing and they're like, you're range of of uh, or your taste in music is just all over the place i love well, that I, yeah it's, it's, it, yeah it, it could be it could be a sign of a problem i have or, <laughs> or <laughs> no. just a wide uh, uh a wide interest yeah it's um i love i love music i mean i i love music i i, I don't play and I, I like i say i don't sing actually uh but uh i just i I'm in, I just love music in every way. So I love hearing it. And, and um, today I was listening to some Turkish music and some opera. So wow. there's like, and then some Sikh chanting. So yeah, you're right. I have a, I have a wide uh, range. Some, there was one Yiddish song by Mandy Patinkin that, that was called, called Model the Operator. That, that, that was uh, sort of one I was hearing today. So yeah, just music. I don't know what it is. I guess it's, what is it? The vibration, the energy, the, um, the frequency mm -hmm. of it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Oh my gosh. Crystal, you are just such a beautiful human, a beautiful soul. I just, I love you so much. It's been such an honor to spend this time with you. I'm I love you right back, Paul. You know, <laughs> you know, I feel this way. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to um, how we collaborate more in the future. I know we've got a few projects on the go right now. Um, yes. Uh, should we talk about them or should we yes, hold on to yeah, them? Yeah, okay. let's talk about it a little right. bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So why don't you you tell everybody what we're what we're cooking in okay, the back? Okay. So so we're up to something. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're, we're going to do a twelve week series called The Way of the Sun, and this twelve week series is going to look uh, week by week at all of the zodiac signs, and the idea is that we're going to be uh, learning about those signs and then we're going to be trying on the behaviors of each of the signs just to get a sense of of what that will do for us for our own perspective how it might stretch our own uh behavior and how it might give us a sense of um understanding of people who operate differently than we do so it's it's going to be a nice experiential look at the zodiac and it's going to have some exercises and and we're going to see what happens with it if if people learn something if they grow in some way if 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 they have a, a shift of any kind uh, mm -hmm. but i think it's going to be a fun time yes it's going to be amazing i'm already like i'm so jazzed about it i'm learning so much from you and it's it's also giving me an opportunity to express a lot of things that i've been wanting to express but never just i didn't have the opportunity to do it so from the entirety of my being, thank you for that opportunity now. And thank you, uh, thank you for the forum uh, with which to do that, because we're going to be doing that through your Arise program. Yeah. Yes. 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 So, and I'm really excited. Yeah. As 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 is everyone that's in the program right now. They're just super thrilled about it. Yeah, it's going to be. I hope it'll be a really fun time. Um, 
it'll certainly be, uh, I, I think it'll be a, a nice connection for everybody. And I, I'm hoping everybody comes away with something new. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, they definitely will. I mean, I've come away with so much new information just in this experience that we're having now. So I know it's going to be fabulous. So I love you so much. Thank you. How can everyone get in touch with you? I, we have your website, crystaleves.com. Yeah. Crystal what about your are you on the socials? I don't really, you know, you, if you reach out on the social media stuff, I, I might not see it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't really check it. I don't really, you know, I don't really go on there very much. So the I best place to get me is through the website, uh, crystaleves.com. Yeah, okay, yeah. amazing. And I have all that in the show's notes for everyone that's listening. Crystal, I love you. Thank you so much for being here. Love you right back, Paul. And uh, thanks for having me on. I really, I really love being here. That is our show for this week. Thank you so much for listening to the Living Spiritfully podcast, Heart to Heart edition. Be sure to join the conversation in the Living Spiritfully collective. Head over to livingspiritfully.com or check the show's notes and sign up today. And let me know what you think of today's episode. Any aha moments? Uh, any any things that kind of shifted your perception of astrology, please share that uh, in the comments of the Living Spiritfully Collective or send us a voice note or, you know, leave a comment wherever you're finding the uh, link for this show. Details are in the show's notes for how we can connect. Remember, I love you so much. From my heart to yours, be blessed and stay golden. Spiritfully podcast is a spiritful production. Executive producer, Paul Galaro. Co-producers, Claudia Miko and Catherine Stilo. A big thank you and much love to you, the Living Spiritfully community, for liking, subscribing, sharing, and supporting this podcast.